Hi, everybody. I'm Patrick McEnroe, and this is Holding Court. Hello. All right, everyone. Time for a little Holding Court. Patrick McEnroe here as we get back into the flow of the podcast now in the fall of 2022. And I got some surprises, hopefully good ones, on their way soon to you, my loyal listeners here of Holding Court. Um, Made an appearance this morning on Newsmax, which always gets a lot of attention from uh, some of my friends and so forth on Twitter. And they've been nice enough to have me on over the course of the last year along with many other networks, by the way, mostly CNN, of which I appeared quite frequently, especially during the Novak Djokovic issues and others in the sports world. And uh, so I went on Newsmax this morning to discuss Brittany Griner and her continued um, detainment in a Russian prison. Of course, she's the uh, basketball player, uh, star player in the WNBA, who for the last number of years, along with many other professional female players, has been playing uh, in different countries in Europe, Russia being one of them, where there's uh, a lot of money for those players to play. So Brittany Griner, amongst many others, has been going there uh, during the WNBA offseason to uh, make, make big money for them, certainly a lot more than they make in the WNBA, um, play for a team. So Brittany Griner went back there, again, early this year, uh, to participate with her team in Russia. And she was stopped. Uh, many of you probably know this, but I'll just go through it quickly. She was stopped at the border carrying some, uh, this was sort of hash or some sort of vaping, uh, marijuana type substance, uh, that was in her luggage uh, as she was going into at Moscow airport, I think she was going on to another city. So she's been put in jail uh, for carrying uh, drugs into the country, and uh, was which was a huge mistake by her. But uh, obviously, in the grand scheme of things, relatively minor, at least if if you look at it from uh, the perspective of Western society. But Russia's got different rules. I just came back from country, Singapore, where my wife was performing. I went there and back in three days, which was another story for another day, uh, 18 hours there, 30, 30 hours on the ground, 18 hours back. Uh, my wife did a big performance there. I did a little clinic for the Singapore Tennis Association, uh, which was all good. But the point is, is that what I rem- why I'm bringing it up is because I, when I used to go play in Singapore and in other countries uh, in that area, Malaysia, for example, I specifically remember on the landing card that you'd sign uh, as you were going to go through the customs once you landed there that if you're caught with illegal drugs, you're, you know, the sentence is life in jail or death. So uh, not that I was carrying any illegal uh, illicit uh, drugs. I was not, but uh, it just gave you a wake-up call that there are different rules and different laws in different parts of the world. Clearly, Russia is one of those places. So Brittany Griner made a mistake uh, in judgment, certainly. Uh, She claimed in her, as she hired a legal team and she went before the court in Russia, that she used um, whatever substance she had for medicinal reasons, certainly very possible. You hear of a lot of athletes uh, doing that, using some type of marijuana or something like it uh, to help them alleviate pain, so on and so forth. So that is is certainly uh, plausible. Anyway, she's been now sentenced to basically 10 years in jail. 
So this has been an ongoing now political issue as the president of the United States, Joe Biden, has gotten involved in it over the course of the last few months, um, back-channeling with the Russian government to try to release her. But anyway, it does not look like that's going to happen anytime soon. Of course, when Griner was, was arrested uh, in Russia, it was right at the beginning of the war. I think it was in February of this year of the war with Russia and Ukraine. So that's obviously taken on a whole nother level. And uh, today's her birthday. So because it was her birthday, Newsmax wanted to do uh, a piece on her. And, and I did my preparation, as I always do, thanks to my good buddy, oh, partly and thanks to my good buddy, Captain Corey Ray, at the National War College, who you may have remembered from my podcast previously, has been on to discuss uh, the issue with Peng Shui and how it affects the relations with China uh, and others. So he teaches at the uh, National War College in Washington, D.C. So uh, I've gotten to know him a bit. So he gave me uh, lots of great things to think about, some of which I discussed this morning on Newsmax, which got quite a bit of response. So I thought I would do a little extended version of it here uh, on my podcast, which I can pretty much do whatever the you-know-what I want, and that's what I'm going to do right now. So you got to look at this as uh, Captain Corey Ray uh, explained to me with uh, sort of a different hat on. You look at it from what he terms and what he calls is the international rela- in the international relations world, sort of three levels of analysis to this situation. I went through them pretty quickly, because on, the, on those news shows, you don't have that much time. But number one, you look at it at an individual level, okay? So the, from an individual level, if you look at the, what's happening in Russia, it's pretty clear that Mr. Putin is in charge. He's in charge. He makes all the decisions, and everyone then follows suit. So he's got the ultimate authority to basically do whatever he wants. How is this related to Brittany Griner? It's not really. It's just, a, just you just have to understand this that Putin's going to use her as as come become obvious over the course of the last few months as a bargaining chip, so that he can achieve whatever his own interests are: national interests, state interests, international interests, and his interests for what we can all discern is to continue to remain in power. I mean, that's his interest, obviously, to expand, you know, go back to what this it used to be in the Soviet Union. I guess that, that that's part of the argument of why uh, he's gone into Ukraine and Crimea and other places. But the bottom line is he's the one in charge and he wants to stay in charge. Then you look at it from the, uh, the second perspective, which gets a little more, I think, into potentially how it relates to Brittany Griner, which is the state level. And as we've noticed over the course of the last, say, month or so, when we saw the pictures of people fleeing Russia, now most of those people we understood that understood that were fleeing Russia were 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 men of fighting age. You know, it's whatever to eighteen to thirty-five or whatever the number is age-wise. And these people are the people that are being recruited by the by the armed forces of Russia, and they don't have a choice. And from what I'm told by Captain Corey Ray, is that these are people generally from lower economic, the lower economic class of Russia. So Putin is essentially using the people that that aren't that well off financially, uh, maybe giving them some sort of financial um, incentive, 
to participate in the war or, or just saying like this, this is what you have to do. You have no choice. If you don't do it, you'll be arrested or, you know, you know what, whatever else they could do to those particular people. Now, when it became apparent that many of these people were leaving, which is, which is a message essentially that the Russian people, many of the Russian people are not too, uh, not too pleased with what's going on and don't want to go fight against Ukraine uh, in the, at this particular juncture. So because we know that Russia as a country doesn't have the same institutions uh, of government uh, that can check his power, you know, Putin's power. Obviously, we've, we've gone through something in the United States in the last uh, year and a half where you see there's different institutions of power. We saw some of the video of what happened on, on January 6th. So we, 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 we sort of saw almost in real time how that played out. Well, in Russia, there's none of that. Um, so the way Putin stays in power is he has a patronage network, basically an oligarchy of what he runs. So he's got a bunch of super rich people that benefit from... Putin being in power, whether it's through, uh, you know, running government operations, running big energy companies for the government, you get the, you get the idea. And by the way, you've got to continue with Fitbiomics with Nella. I've been taking it. It is absolutely amazing. Okay. And I want you to go to the website, fitbiomics.com. And I want you to put in the code for Nella, PMAC25, P-M-A-C-25, and get your discount. Because I know there was a time this summer when it wasn't in stock, but it's back. That's because everybody loves it. So keep it going. I've been taking it for the last few months, feeling amazing. Still got to work on my sugar intake. Cut that down. I'm going to get there. But Nella, the product, is next level. So again, use the code PMAC25 and you will be locked in. Because these lower economic citizens are unwilling to go along at this point in time with supporting the war and participating in the war, observers within Russia, and I think people like Captain Corey, Ray and others who, who analyze this for a living, that's all they do. And that's why I'm so interested. And I studied political science, by the way, at Stanford when I was in college. So I, I love all this stuff, which is partly why I get into it and, and try to speak out on it when asked, because I find it fascinating. But the, the, these people who are part of the patronage network, we're, what we're watching for is to see if Putin starts to try to enlist those people, you know, the, the wealthy elite, the children of the wealthiest people, uh, you know, the ones that get their boats, you know, stolen, or they have them in Italy, you know, the Italian government uh, seized different yachts and uh, freezing uh, money in, in London, which happened a lot. That was a big part of, you know, the, the whole issue in London and in England and Wimbledon banning the players. You know, there's a lot of history between England and, and Russia uh, and a lot of financial connections as well. So all those people that have those connections, they're the political elites. They're the patronage network that Putin relies on to maintain power. So if we start to see Putin try to enlist those people, that's uh, apparently a sign to look for. Um, and again, 
as that I find it fascinating, again, this particular part of this triangle uh, doesn't necessarily affect Brittany Griner that much. I think we get to the third area now, which is the international level. And this is where we see or the, the possibility of how things play out, how it's going to affect Brittany Griner over time. Because we, th- we thought that there was a chance, well, if Biden and, and his administration try to make a deal with the Russian government, it could happen. Paul Whelan is another uh, person who's being imprisoned uh, in Russia for uh, one of their arms dealers that the U.S. is holding, you know, sort of a two-for-one swap of, of prisoners. Uh, but that hasn't gone anywhere in the last couple of months. And the reason many believe it hasn't gone anywhere is because this war is, has escalated and it doesn't appear that it's going away anytime soon. So therefore, uh, Putin is keeping the, these couple of chips that he has to use at some point. And at this point, um, unwilling to make any sort of deal. So if you look at it from now the Ukraine situation and what's happening there, there's, there's, there's three ways, right? Basically, this can end up. There's, there, number one is the decisive Ukrainian military victory, um, which repels the Russian advances. Russia accepts defeat. Uh, that's, that's option number one, or that's a, the outcome number one, I should say. But that doesn't look like that's going to happen. I mean, Russia's got too many forces. Uh, they can obviously sort of bomb them at will, which they've been continuing to do uh, in the last couple of weeks, especially. And Putin's basically banking on the U.S. to lose interest. Uh, he'll wait it out as long as he can. He doesn't care about uh, Paul Whelan or Brittany Griner. So to him, it doesn't matter. It could go on till the midterm elections are over in, in, in here in the U.S., till the 2024 election is over in a couple of years, he could care about that, care less about that. So that's, that's one out potential outcome. The other outcome, which is probably more likely would be a decisive Russian military operation, um, which forces Ukraine to capitulate. Now, because the U mostly the U S and other countries are giving so much support to the Ukraine military and rightly so, by the way, in my humble opinion, uh, it's unlikely that that's going to happen. And the Ukrainian, have sh- Ukrainian people and their people fighting have shown an unbelievable will and, and desire to fight back against um, the Russians trying to take over, re- uh, take over part of their country. So it seems unlikely that Ukraine is going to capitulate, although I would say that that's a little bit more likely than number one. Now, number three would appear to me... Uh, <clears throat> to be the most likely outcome in this international arena, which is a stalemate, whereby Russia is unwilling to continue to bear the costs, whether it's uh, of their losing their people, whether it's a financial cost, whether it's, it's, it's all the uh, economic issues that they're now facing because you know they're basically an outcast of the world. And so how much longer can they bear that? And will, will the internally the people or the the class uh, of people that support him will they turn against Putin you know the, in other words this patronage elite this network of people there will they start to say wait a second like this is too enough is enough we need to find some way to come to uh, some agreement with the Ukraine 
So that is, in my view, probably what will happen, but that doesn't seem like that's going to happen uh, anytime soon. You know, so where Russia is not going to be able to advance much further to where they've gotten to, we've already seen them pulling back in certain areas. Ukraine not going to really be able to push them out entirely. So if that happens, then Miss Griner, Brittany Griner, becomes connected to the Ukrainian success, I guess, on the battlefield. And Putin's just waiting to see how it unfolds with the Ukraine to determine what he can get out of it as it relates to Brittany Griner. Uh, and, and she could be impacted by all three of those scenarios. Uh, post-conflict prisoner exchange, she could be potentially included in some terms of, of a peace agreement between the two countries. You, you, you would assume that the U.S. is going to be heavily involved in that as well if it does, if it does happen. Uh, and unfortunately, this appears that it's going to play out for quite some time. Uh, and that's that's bad news for Brittany Griner, because um, apparently the conditions she's living in are not pleasant at all. She could actually be moved to another location, which if you listen to her wife, who appeared on, I believe it was a CBS morning show recently, uh, said she's very worried about, uh, Brittany's very worried about where she could end up. You know, some of these places that uh, are Russian gulags or prisons, you know, right now she's in a place that's, uh, uh, out just outside Moscow, but she could end up somewhere who knows where that, uh, is, is nightmarish to put it mildly. So it just seems that the, 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 you know, there was a time a couple of months ago when there looked like there was some progress being made between the U S government and the Russian government, you know, that this was actually being discussed and, you know, okay, they were negotiating. Is it two for one? Is it three for one? You got to add. That doesn't seem like it's happening at all right now. That seems to have gone totally silent. Uh, now, of course, these things could be happening behind the scenes that we don't know about. But uh, usually you start to hear about it if it does happen. And I, I, I don't see that happening right now. So I'm concerned, uh, you know, Brittany Griner uh, made a mistake, but it's certainly not uh, something where you deserve, in my opinion, to be in, in jail for 10 years uh, in another country. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people out there saying, ah, oh, you know, she's anti-American and, you know, she just didn't stand for the national anthem. What? I mean, come on, let's, let's get over it. Let's get over it. I mean, this is a woman who's trying to make a living, who's, who's had to deal with a lot of crap because she came out as a gay person. She's married to a, another woman and people just looking for a reason to attack her. Uh, I don't know her personally at all. Um, but that, that to me, that's sort of irrelevant, uh, to the fact that she's been, she's been detained and, uh, it sounds like she's been illegally detained. Who knows? Maybe they made it up. You know, they could have made this up. I mean, and just her, her lawyers told her to admit you had it. I mean, that's possible, uh, even though Griner did admit, uh, did say in front of, uh, you know, one of her court appearances that she had it in her bag. She didn't know it was in her bag. It was put there by mistake. You know, these are all things that her lawyers could have told her to say to just to try to get some leniency from the judge. But that didn't happen. So at the end of the day, the Russian foreign policy, as I said this morning on Newsmax, 
is nothing more than trying to piss off the rest of the world, at least apparently, and especially the United States. So Putin wants to do anything he can to piss off the United States, um, uh, particularly the United States, as Rob Finnerty, who's a host of Newsmax, pointed out very well that uh, uh, it's the U.S. that's given by far the most uh, money and weaponry to the Ukraine, and therefore Russia's looking to upset the international order and the U.S. world order more than anything else. So that's their primary objective at this point, in addition to uh, taking back, in their view, land from the Ukraine. Of course, in the Ukrainian view, that's a whole different story. Uh, And even China, who's sort of stayed neutral on this because they've considered themselves, we, we consider that they're more on the side of Russia, they can't be too happy, you would think, with uh, how this has affected the global economy. And because, uh, you know, China's all about, all about that. And uh, they've had some issues that they've had to deal with. So this is uh, confinement of Brisk Reiner when you take it from the perspective of Vladimir Putin is meeting his desired end state. So that's um, using her as just a small chip in his mind of where this can go or where this ends up between Russia, Ukraine, and the rest of the world. And uh, unfortunately, I don't see having spoken to, and again, I want to thank Captain Corey Ray at the National War College who teaches there. I've been on a seminar with him and some of his students at some point. I'll probably do that again this year. There's other topics to discuss. Uh, He specializes in these types of issues that are related to politics and sports. And we've got the World Cup coming up in uh, the Middle East. That's going to be a topic to uh, discuss in the next couple of months as well. So there's an endless amount of these. Novak Djokovic, will he be allowed to go back to Australia? Uh, I got a lot more tennis stuff, obviously, I'd like to get to over the course of the next couple of weeks. I know people have been chomping at the bit for a little Labor Cup recap, uh, the year-end and where we're headed there. Djokovic will be in the year-end championships. Iga Sviantek on the women's side, continuing to dominate. So we've got plenty of issues to discuss uh, uh, from the tennis world, and we'll get to those as well. So I hope you enjoyed this little uh, recap of my appearance on Newsmax. Again, Newsmax asked me to come on. I'll come on. I know everybody's, oh, how could you go on Newsmax? Uh, I go on and I do my thing. Okay, I don't worry so much about what their thing is. A lot of people came after me for going on CNN for uh, for many months as I was doing previously this year. So that is my summary, giving a little extended version of uh, the Brittany Griner story. We hope uh, she is having as good of a birthday as she can, but we know she's not being in the situation that she's in. So we send our thoughts and prayers to her and certainly to her family as well. Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe is powered by Mudhouse Media.